What's up, everybody? JT Sports here, back at you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about why Patriots fans should be excited about Jabril Peppers, how good will the Las Vegas Raiders offense be this upcoming season, why the Ravens will have a top 10 defense, and lastly, how good will Zach Wilson be in year two with the New York Jets this upcoming NFL season? Now, if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow me on all my social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram at JT Sports underscore and on Twitter at JT Sports underscore underscore. Lastly, if you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. NFL free agency has passed a couple of months ago, and there were a lot of free agency signings, and there were a handful that I feel were kind of overlooked and underrated, such as Hassan Reddick signing with the Philadelphia Eagles, and Jabril Pepper signing with the New England Patriots. He signed a one-year deal back in at the end of March, and not too many people talked about that at all. As a matter of fact, I didn't see no notifications for it, didn't get any updates in my news feed about it. I kind of had to research it, and it's funny because all I really did was type in Jabril Peppers, and then the next thing that popped up was he was a member of the Patriots football team, which really surprised me because you look at Jabril Peppers, his NFL career hasn't really been what a lot of people would have hoped for when he was first drafted in the first round by the Cleveland Browns in the 2017 NFL draft out of Michigan and I feel the reason why his career hasn't panned out because first of all he has dealt with a lot of injuries and second of all he hasn't really been on a team that properly knew how to get the most out of him because remember when he was playing for Michigan he was super versatile not only could he play safety but he could play in the slot he could play linebacker and going to New England we already know Bill Belichick loves versatility he loves players who can play multiple positions on the defense side of the football you look at Jabril Peppers he's definitely that kind of player that fits the mold of the Bill Belichick defensive system. And on top of that, he tore his ACL back in October of last year with the New York Giants. He started out his first couple of seasons with the Browns. Then he got traded to the Giants and he spent time with Joe Judge. Joe Judge raved about Jabril Peppers. Funny enough, Joe Judge is back with the Patriots on their staff. You look at Peppers. If he can stay healthy with New England, I definitely feel like he can do some big things with this defense. The reason why he signed with the Patriots is because he's eager to learn from head coach Bill Belichick. In an article that I was reading about Jabril Peppers, he said that playing for Bill, his understanding of the game, what he's done for the game, the moment I had the opportunity to come and learn from him, I definitely wanted to jump at it. He's seen a lot of ball. He's coached in a lot of eras. So I'm more excited to pick his brain, see how he sees it, curious to see how he watches film or breaks down opposing offenses. 
they like a three safety look. They know how to use multiples. I'm already familiar with the system. I thought it was a no-brainer. The reason why Pepper says he's familiar with the system is because Joe Judge kind of ran not the exact same defense, but a similar style defense that Bill Belichick likes to run. So for Jabril Peppers, this is a really big opportunity for him because when he ends up coming back healthy from his ACL injury, although the Patriots are pretty loaded when it comes to their death at the safety position, you have McCourty who played 94.7% of the defensive snaps. You got Adrian Phillips who played 81% of the snaps. And you also have Kyle Duggar who played 68%. So what is his role particularly going to be in this defense? Because one thing that has held back Jabril Peppers and his development has been the fact that he hasn't really been all that great when it comes to pass coverage. However, if you put him inside of the box and allow him to defend slot receivers and tight ends, he's really good. On top of that, he's also phenomenal against the run. He's a really physical player. Everything about Jabril Peppers screams 110% match with the New England Patriots. On top of that, the Patriots lost their punt returner, Gunnar Oseski to for agency. Jabril Peppers also has the ability to return punts as well. So he potentially could fill in when it comes to not only being able to fill that hybrid linebacker role or being able to play in the slot, but you also can use him to return punts. On top of that, he's also really good when it comes to blitzing off the edge. You get a couple of design blitzes for him from that slot cornerback position I think Jabril Peppers is going to be a phenomenal fit with New England. And for Patriots fans, if you haven't really heard that much about Jabril Peppers, go back and watch some of his tape from Michigan. You are definitely going to see the kind of potential that a lot of people saw in him when he was coming out of the draft. It's just that when you have somebody of this kind of skill set, you can't play for any organization. When you're versatile, you have to go to a creative defensive coordinator who's going to find ways to utilize your versatility because too many times we have these players who have these versatile skill sets come out of college, and yes, they are good in a bunch of areas, but they're not great in a particular area because they don't really have that development in college because they split so much time getting reps elsewhere that they never really have a full-fledged position that allows them to mature and develop at a really high level. So when you have Jabril Peppers, it's not uncommon to see players of his skill set struggle their first couple of years in the league. You remember Isaiah Simmons had a kind of difficult transition from going to Clemson to Arizona because Arizona didn't really know how to utilize him until late in his rookie year. And now Isaiah Simmons has been pretty solid. On top of that, Jabril Peppers going to New England You look at Bill Belichick, he has built his career off being able to get the most out of players who kind of haven't lived up to their potential, who kind of get thrown away to the trash. And you already know what they say, another man's trash is another man's treasure. So I'm really excited about what 
Jabril Peppers is going to do with New England. Remember, he was a team captain with the New York Giants. Joe Judge holds him in high regards. He's a great locker room guy. He is he is a phenomenal leader. And rather he starts or not, he's going to have significant playing time. He's going to have a pretty big role in this defense because he's just too talented of a player. You really just have to find the right creative mind. And Bill Belichick definitely is the right head coach for Jabril Peppers as a matter of fact, this is the perfect fit for Jabril Peppers. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about Jabril Peppers down in the comment section down below. I think that Patriots fans should be really excited about what he's going to bring to this defense because he's going to also bring speed. And that's something that New England kind of struggled with. You want to know why New England got ran out of, got ran out of the playoffs by the Buffalo Bills? Because defensively, they simply were just too slow. They were a little bit old, and they just didn't have the speed. And Buffalo was just running all around them. And I don't mean literally by running the football. I just mean when it comes to the speed, New England's defense simply could not keep up. So by bringing in Jabril Peppers, you're going to have somebody who's going to be able to be able to play that linebacker role Kind of be a quarterback spy if you need him to against quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen. Then you're going to have somebody who has the potential to guard running backs coming out of the backfield. Really good against the slot receivers as well. Smaller slot receivers. Then you're going to have somebody who can bracket these tight ends and coverage. So... For me personally, I'm really excited to see what he does with the New England Patriots in Foxborough for the upcoming 2022 season. You guys let me know how you guys feel about Peppers down in the comment section down below. How good will the Las Vegas Raiders offense be this upcoming NFL season? Last year, their offense was way better than what many people give it credit for because Although they don't have a lot of crazy playmakers or they didn't have a lot of crazy playmakers last season, Derek Carr, man, he carried this offense. Derek Carr deserves a lot of credit for the Raiders' success last year because when it looked like everything was going south, they were able to weather the storm and they found the way to get hot at the right moment. And Derek Carr is a big reason for that. And although many people probably don't consider Derek Carr to be a top 10 quarterback, he's a top 12 quarterback. However, you look at where he ranks in the quarterback hierarchy in the AFC West, he's probably the fourth best quarterback behind Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert. However, just because he is the fourth best quarterback in the division doesn't mean he is bad. He's really good. He is a top 12 quarterback. It is a reason why the Raiders gave him a contract extension. On top of that, you bring in Devontae Adams, his former college teammate. They balled out at Fresno State together. The chemistry is going to be there. Devontae Adams, we already know he's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Then you have Demarcus Robinson. I like the speed that they're going to have with Demarcus Robinson. Then you have third and Renfro, a.k.a. Hunter Renfro, who was selected to his first ever Pro Bowl last season. He caught 103 receptions, 1,038 receiving yards, and had nine touchdowns. You also have Keelan Cole there as well. The receiver position doesn't have a lot of depth. 
However, your top three options are going to be really good. Demarcus Robinson kind of has been a role player during his time with the Kansas City Chiefs. Pretty much their wide receiver three or four. Going to the Raiders, he's going to have a more expanded role. He's going to ask to do way more than what he was ever asked to do during his time in KC. We also can't forget about Darren Waller. Darren Waller is one of the top three best tight ends that we have in the game. Last year, he had a struggle with staying on the field and staying healthy. But when he's on the field, he is one of the best in the game. You can line him up not only at tight end, but also outside at wide receiver. And we're definitely going to see Josh McDaniels utilize him heavily in this offense because we know how much New England loved to target tight ends in the past with McDaniels calling the shots there as offensive coordinator. Then Josh Jacobs. It surprised me that the Raiders declined Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option because this was somebody who, prior to last season, was coming off his first-ever Pro Bowl appearance. And then you also look at the fact that the offensive line didn't really do him that much favors last season. He had 217 carries for 872 rushing yards, nine touchdowns. He was averaging four yards per attempt. And those are pretty solid numbers for somebody who is playing behind one of uh, the worst offensive lines in the league. Then on top of that, nobody talks about how much he improved in the passing game. That has always been a pretty huge knock on Josh Jacobs is the fact that he hasn't really been that much of a factor in the passing game. Well, last season, he improved that area. He had 54 receptions for 348 receiving yards. So we're looking at Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is slowly becoming an all-around back. And it's kind of sad to see Las Vegas declined his fifth year option. And then going into this year, it doesn't look like anything's going to get even any better for him because the offensive line is a huge concern. This is an off the line that gave up 40 sacks last year and didn't improve at all. You asked the general manager for Las Vegas about the offensive line. He basically said there was a couple of offensive linemen who they wanted to target in free agency, but they weren't able to get them because they pretty much ended up signing elsewhere. So they had to allocate those funds to other positions of needs. You have left tackle Colton Miller. He is the best offensive lineman that they have on the team. And that's about it. Alex Leatherwood is going into year two after a really, and when I say really underwhelming rookie year, it was really underwhelming. Where is he going to play? Is he going to play right guard or is he going to play right tackle? Probably right guard because at right tackle, they re-signed Brandon Parker to a one-year deal, $3.5 million with $2.6 million guaranteed. The Raiders general manager thinks that Brandon Parker has a lot of room to grow as a player. He's only 26 years old and he doesn't think that he's peaked yet. And I understand the mindset when it comes to that. I don't think that that is a bad move considering the fact that there wasn't really too many good high quality offensive linemen left especially when it comes to offensive tackle offensive tackle in the NFL is really hard to find it's really hard to find an elite OT you probably only have about one or two in the game at the moment with Trent Williams being the best. So when you look at Brandon Parker, 6'8", 320 pounds, I definitely understand the upside that the Raiders GM is talking about. However, he is coming off probably the best season of his career, 
but he hasn't really been all that great. And last season wasn't really all that great neither, but he did improve and it was his best season. So it does make sense why they would extend him, give him another year and see how much he develops going into the upcoming 2022 season. Then you have Denzel Good, who was originally their starting right guard to start week one of last year, but he ended up tearing his ACL in the season opener. Josh McDaniel said that he's looking for versatility on the offensive line. He's looking for all of his offensive linemen outside of Colton Miller to be able to be versatile because they're probably going to be experimenting with a lot of different lineups as we progress throughout the offseason as we go into training camp in the preseason you're probably going to see a good amount of these players lined up at different spots probably going to move Alex Leatherwood around I wouldn't be surprised if they try him at left guard as well because the dude was a first round pick And many people considered it to be a reach. So you got to try to find some way to get something out of Alex Leatherwood. And I think something that is worth noting, if you are a non-Raiders fan, or even if you're a Raiders fan and you're trying to say, okay, JT, what is one reason why you think the off the line will improve? Or what is a reason why we should have just a little bit of faith that this off the line is going to be better compared to what it was last year? Well, Josh McDaniels runs a power run scheme, which is focused on power running concepts. A lot of dive, a lot of counter. Josh Jacobs is the perfect back for that kind of system. On top of that, offensive lineman, offensive guard, John Simpson, Alex Leatherwood are better suited for this kind of scheme compared to the previous scheme that they used to run under their previous offensive coordinator. Then, on top of that, You could say that it's wishful thinking and the talent may not be there. However, scheme is really important because one player may not be great in one scheme and then he ends up having a new head coach and then he ends up being really good in another scheme. Sometimes it's all about trying to figure out what players' strengths work best at which positions and then which player strengths works best in whichever scheme. You look at Josh McDaniels, he is one of the best offensive minds that we have had in the game. He knows how to adapt the offense to his personnel. He did it with New England last year. We saw New England had a lot of success with rookie quarterback Mac Jones. Season before that, even when they had Cam Newton at quarterback, the offense was able to adapt. Many people questioned if Cam Newton was going to be a good fit with New England. A large reason why Cam Newton had a little bit of success that one year even though it wasn't great he played better than what I initially thought he would have done prior to him getting COVID I think that Josh McDaniels also had a really good scheme designed around him so for Josh McDaniels he's going to try to do the best that he can with this offensive line but I'm a little bit disappointed because before I was doing research for this segment I was going into the thought process that the Las Vegas Raiders were going to have a top 10 offense this year. Sadly, with the off the line not really being all that improved and a lot of question marks on it, it's going to hold this team back. And I know you Raiders fans are going to push back on that, but we have to see things for what it is. We can hope that they move a couple of guys around and that some guys end up playing a little bit better at other positions, but... The reality of the situation is this. You're going against Khalil Mack. You're going against Joey Bosa. You're going against Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb, 
you're going to have to get good offensive line play if you're going to hope to have not only a good offense, but being able to compete in this division because almost every team in this division has a pretty solid offensive line. And for Las Vegas, offensively, this team is still going to be really productive. They're still going to have pretty good numbers. However, the lack of talent on the offensive line is definitely going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them in pass protection. Derek Carr got sacked 40 times. Then you look at Josh Jacobs. This doesn't really help him at all. But I think a good way that they're probably going to try to game plan for the limitation that they have on the offensive line, they're probably going to go to a more West Coast style offense quit passing game, spreading the ball out, getting the ball out quick. Then hopefully we see Kenyon Drake utilized a little bit more compared to how he was used last season. And I said that the Kenyon Drake signing was probably the worst free agency signing out of the whole entire offseason. I got a lot of pushback from Raiders fans. It looks like a year later that statement still holds true because you paid him a good amount of money when you could have addressed other positions of needs and you didn't really use them. So with Kenyon Drake being the better pass catching back on this roster, he's going to be their third down back. He's going to be able to be lined up out wide in the slide. You can use him there. Let's not forget about rookie running back Zamir White. Zamir White is a tank out of University of Georgia. Excited about seeing what he does. You got Britton Brown, Sincere McCormick, who was a... Undrafted free agent out of UTSA. You got Amir Abdullah. The running back position is going to be interesting, seeing who's going to end up being that two third option behind Josh Jacobs. Because for Kenyon Drake, really, he's really on the team because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And I also think that if you're Josh McDaniels, you probably would like to utilize him a little bit more out wide because you also can play him there. So I'm looking at the Raiders offense. I think they probably are going to be top 15. I would like to see the offensive line improve. Maybe they're able to trade for somebody or maybe somebody gets released or whatnot. But this offensive line definitely is going to hold this offense back in a lot of areas. I was having high hopes for the Las Vegas Raiders this season, but the more I start to dive into this team, the more concerned I kind of get offensively. However, I'm not going to be overly concerned because even though, like I mentioned, the offensive line is going to be the Achilles heel of this team, Josh McDaniels being an offensive-minded coach should be able to elevate everybody on this roster on the offensive side of the football because he is considered to be an offensive-minded coach. So when you have an offensive-minded coach, the offense should never regress. So the Raiders' offense, if it takes a step back this upcoming season compared to where it was last year, I'm going to be extremely shocked because the wide position definitely is way more improved going into this season versus where they were last year because you think about the Henry Ruggs incident you lost that speed there Brian Edwards was really inconsistent and without Darren Waller the really only reliable option that you had was Hunter Renfro and Hunter Renfro is going to go off don't be surprised if Hunter Renfro ends up being the all pro this year You think about Josh McDaniels. During his time with New England, some of the most targeted players in his offenses have either been the tight ends or the slot receivers. Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, 
all really good phenomenal slot receivers with Josh McDaniels at the helm at OC. Hunter Renfro was already a pro bowler last season. He could not only be an all-pro, but he could solidify himself as the best slot receiver in the game under Josh McDaniels. So the skill position, even though there's not tons of depth there, your top guys, Adams, Robinson, Renfro, Keelan Cole, they're going to be good enough. Darren Waller, you also have him. But the offensive line just really concerns me. And I think that's really what's going to hold this offense back and this team back. If the offensive line ends up exceeding my expectations, this team could end up having one of the better offenses in the league, at least top 10, if this offensive line plays up to par. So let me know what you guys think about the Las Vegas Raiders offense in 2022. How good do you guys think that is going to be? Let me know down in the comment section down below. I was arguing with one of my friends. You guys already know who I most likely was going back and forth with. My guy Zeus Alert, you already know me and him barely agree on anything. And a couple of days ago, he hit me up saying, JT, who do you think has the best defense in the NFL? I told him right off the top, either the New Orleans Saints or the Baltimore Ravens. He said, no way you think Baltimore has one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I said, okay, go and look at Baltimore's roster. From a talent standpoint, this is one of the five most talented defenses going into the 2022 NFL season. You got to remember, this team dealt with a lot of injuries, not only on the offensive side of the football, but on the defense side of the football as well. They had guys coming off the street playing cornerback. You could have played cornerback for Baltimore. I could have played cornerback for Baltimore. Your grandpa could have played cornerback for, grand- for Baltimore. And your great-grandma could have played DB for Baltimore last year of how many injuries they had. Not only that, but there are two top corners. We're down with injuries also. Marlon Humphrey missed significant time. Marcus Peters was out for the whole entire season. He he got injured before week one even kicked off. So you have both of those guys coming back fully healthy. That's probably one of the best cornerback tandems in the league. Not the best, but one of the best. Definitely top five. Then you replace... Defensive coordinator Wink Martindale with Mike McDonald, who was Michigan's defensive coordinator for last season. And it's really weird because he has spent seven years with the Ravens organization prior to leaving for the Michigan defensive coordinator job. And it pretty much was a one year rental because Harbaugh ended up having him on the staff for one season. And then after the success they had last year, he ends up going right back to Baltimore after a year. So he pretty much was on the staff of Baltimore, kind of underutilized, probably had his brother put a word in for him. Well, Harbaugh's brother put a word in for him to his brother. He picked him up, gave him opportunity. He made the most of it. So when you look at Mike McDonald, what is going to be the difference between his defense and former defensive coordinator, Wayne Martindale? Well, for starters, He's probably going to blitz way less compared to Martindale. We already know that blitzing kind of was a signature of Wink Martindale. So you're going to have less blitzes, more reliance on being able to win one-on-one with your pass rushers, which definitely can happen. Look at 
Oway, he was one of the better rookies in the NFL last season, even though the stats may not indicate it. He only had five sacks, which was second on the team. However, he was one of the more double team pass rushers in the NFL. If you go back and you look at the metrics, he also had two forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries as well. So he definitely is a breakout candidate for this season. I am expecting him to have at least seven or eight sacks. He potentially could end up having double-digit sacks because the sky is the limit with Oway. Every Ravens game that you go back and watch, you just see the athleticism. He is a freak. He is one of the more freakish pass rushers in the league. He's up there with some of the more athletic pass rushers like a Miles Garrett or whatnot. He is a really freakish athlete. You got rookie David Ojabu, who we're probably not going to see that much of this upcoming season. He tore his Achilles late in the draft process at his pro date. He could return late season. We saw Cam Akers suffer the similar injury. He had an Achilles injury, but he was able to come back some way, somehow, really earlier than expected and play for the Rams. Don't know if the same is going to be with David Ojabu because we don't know the approach that Baltimore is going to take with him. Is Baltimore going to be conservative and just allow him to redshirt this year pretty much and not play? Or when he gets healthy late in the season, are they going to give him the opportunity to end up getting a couple of meaningful snaps? That's going to be an interesting development to watch out for. But you do have Tyus Bowser who has seven sacks. He led the team. So the pass rush department... Although it may not have tons of depth, you do have two or three guys who are capable of being able to go in out there and being able to give you solid production. Tyus Browser, we already saw what he can do. Oway, he should have a breakout season. Patrick Queen, really good against the run. One of the better linebackers when it comes to what he does in the run game. 98 tackles, led the team. He also led the team in tackles for loss. Josh Bynes, Tyus Browser, all of them were pretty good. And the run defense wasn't the problem. The problem was the pass defense. And remember, prior to last season, the Ravens had one of the best pass defenses in the league. Well, they end up having so many injuries in the secondary, the pass defense just takes a huge step down. And I was kind of surprised that they part ways with Martindale because you got to understand all of his best players were down with injuries. But maybe they just wanted a new direction when it came to the defense side of the football. On top of that, There were certain things that Baltimore struggled that were fundamental, like communication. There were many times where you would see blown coverages, missed assignments, or somebody not executing their assignment properly. And that's expected when you're rotating in so many players, when you have so many injuries. Of course, not everybody's going to come in and understand the defensive playbook and the philosophy right away. It takes a little bit of time. So with everybody coming back fully healthy, hopefully there should be way better communication this season. Then I really like what they did when it comes to the back end of the secondary. Safety is what really has me excited about this team. I'm really excited about rookie cornerback Jalen Armand Davis, but I'm excited about Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton was hands down one of my favorite players in the draft. He was my second or third rated prospect coming out of this past year's draft class. 
And you look at what he did with Notre Dame. He played all over the place. He was playing a little bit downhill inside the box, a little bit in the slot. We already know he played the safety position on the back end. Some people don't know how good he's going to hold up in coverage. But I think with Baltimore, this is probably the best place for him to land. And as a Steeler fan, I really wanted Kyle Hamilton some way, somehow, he ended up going to Baltimore 14th overall, and Baltimore didn't even expect him to be on the board with that selection, which is really funny. They just said, we were just doing us, and then he was just there. We had no choice but to go ahead and draft him, and you pair him up with Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams is one of the most underrated safeties in the league, and when you think about him, and you think about his name, only thing that really comes up is the missed tackle that he had a couple of years in the playoff against the Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Miracle. If you're still dwelling on that, please, please let it go. Please let it go. If you're still holding on to that missed tackle, that's similar to people from class of 2020 who are still holding on to the fact that we didn't have a senior year prom. Let it go. Marcus Williams is a really good player. He's one of the best safeties that we have in this game. And with Baltimore, this defense has so much talent and so much upside and a lot of potential. And I think that McDonald is going to get the most out of every single player on this defense. And I'm not saying this as being a overly optimistic person. Because this is coming from a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'm really excited about what the Ravens are going to do on the defense side of football. Marcus Peters comes back, former All-Pro, former Pro Bowler. Marlon Humphrey is going to be playing at 110% this year. This pass defense was the worst in the NFL. It's quickly going to go from the worst to one of the best in the span of one offseason. They improved at the safety position. You still have Chuck Clark there. Don't know what's going to happen with him. It's expected that he's probably going to get traded or released. But if they do keep him, he will provide some really good depth. But this is a defense that definitely has the talent to be a top 10 unit. And don't be surprised if they end up being better than that. They could end up being a top three, top five defense. Because from a talent standpoint, this is a top three defense. Now, how they're going to perform from an execution standpoint on the field, that remains to be decided. But I expect this to be a really good unit. It's going to be really good against the run. You have Calais Campbell. You have Derek Wolf. Had a friend who was saying, JT, they got old behind Calais Campbell and old behind Derek Wolf. Like, how dare you disrespect those vets, man? So many people try to judge great players based off age. Sometimes when you have a great player, it takes them a little bit longer to regress than normal. Calais Campbell, although he may not be what he used to be when it came to getting after the quarterback, he's still really good against the run. Same thing with Derek Wolf. That's why they're still on the roster despite being up there in age. So with this defense as good as what it was against the run, with the improvement that they're going to make under new defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, this defense has all the potential of being a top 10 unit, and I expect them to be. I expect this defense to be really good on third down. I expect them to be really good in the red zone. And I expect this pass defense to be way better than what it was last season. And even last season, if this defense was fully healthy and you had Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters at 110%, 
it's no telling how good this defense would have been last year. And it's kind of weird that Martindale kind of got in the out by the Ravens staff because of injuries, really, because he didn't have all of his pieces. We saw what he did the year prior. This was one of the best defenses in the league. But this is a Ravens defense that is really scary, really scary. And if this pass defense ends up improving, which it should, I'm willing to bet money that it will. Oh, my God. The Baltimore Ravens definitely legitimately could be in the Super Bowl conversation this year. If you don't already view them in that conversation, they're going to be there. So let me know how you guys feel about the Ravens defense down in the comment section down below because I'm really high on this Ravens defense. I love the upside that they have. Everybody's really young. Think about it. They don't really have too many players who are projected starters who are up there in age. Other than Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf, you got defensive tackles, Justin Manabuke, Michael Pierce. Everybody's pretty young. So with the youth that they're going to have, there is so much upside, so much upside with this team, a lot. And Owe, mm. but you guys let me know how you guys are feeling about the Ravens defense down in the comment section down below. Zach Wilson had a really disappointing rookie season. He only threw nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions, completed 55.6% of his passes, and threw for 2,334 passing yards. Brady Quinn was on the CBS Sports Network a couple of days ago, and he basically said that he doesn't believe in Zach Wilson. He thinks that the New York Jets are most likely going to be in the market for another quarterback next season, rather that be via free agency or the draft, and... I am really high on Zach Wilson, and I understand that his rookie campaign was a major disappointment, but almost every single rookie quarterback who was drafted in the first round had a disappointing rookie campaign other than Mac Jones. If you were to tell me that Davis Mills was going to be better than Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, I would have laughed at your face, honestly. Davis Mills... Nothing against Davis Mills, but not too many people knew who Davis Mills was during the draft process unless you were a diehard draft fan because I already know how loud you guys are. You're going to say, well, JT, I was high on Davis Mills. I already know. I already know a lot of you guys watch a lot of tape, a lot of film, so you probably saw how good Davis Mills was before many of us saw it. However, for Zach Wilson, the offensive line was awful because you had... An injury to Mekhi Beckton really early in the year. He was done. He got sacked 44 times last season. The New York Jets improved the offensive line. They brought in Lincoln Tomlinson, who was one of the better offensive guards available in free agency. You also are going to have Mekhi Beckton coming back fully healthy. He's expected to move to right tackle. George Fant is going to be playing left tackle this year, supposedly. That's what the rumors are coming out of New York. So the offensive line should be really good. This is probably the best offensive line that the New York Jets have had in over the last couple of seasons. Not to mention, you're going to have Elijah Vera Tucker going into year two with the franchise. Then you bring in Brees Hall. You pair him up with Michael Carter. You're going to have a really good one-two punch there. You're going to have 
CJ Uzama there at tight end, which CJ Uzama could end up breaking out. The only reason he was kind of held back was he was sharing so many targets in Cincinnati. He had to deal with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Justin, or Jamar Chase, excuse me. So it wasn't really a lot of balls being thrown his way compared to the other wide receivers who he was competing against. With the Jets, he has an opportunity to thrive, end up being one of the better tight ends that we have in the game. So for Zach Wilson... You have an improved offensive line. The YRC position is improved. You draft Garrett Wilson in this past year's NFL draft. Then you pair him up with Elijah Moore, who is expected to have a breakout year. Corey Davis missed pretty much half the season. When he's healthy, he's a really good number two. He also can be your number one if need be, but he is a really great number two wide receiver. So of all the weapons that Zach Wilson has at his disposal this year, There's no reason why he shouldn't improve. And on top of that, when you go back and you watch Zach Wilson play last season, the game was going really fast for him. And you could tell that. Even though I wasn't in his shoes, I I didn't have the helmet on, everything was just a blur for him. Because sometimes it looks like he would just drop back and just throw the football. And I already know for for all you smart Alexes out there who are going to say, well, duh, JT, he's a quarterback. Ain't that what he's supposed to do? You know what I mean. He was literally going back and just throwing the football to whoever. It didn't look like he was going through his progressions properly, making the wrong reads. Going into year two, the game should slow down for him. And then with Mike LaFleur as his offensive coordinator, he's going to be able to sit down. You're going to have another offseason to implement some new things, go back and watch film. Zach Wilson is being heavily slept on by a lot of people. And I don't understand why he continues to get so much hate because we had like Trevor Lawrence didn't have a poor rookie season. Despite being a number one overall pick, he was supposed to be a generational talent at quarterback. Couldn't really overcome bad coaching with Urban Myers and not really having that good of a team. Same thing with Justin Fields. So for the majority of the first-round quarterbacks last season, other than Mac Jones, all of them were underwhelming, which is why I'm not really understanding why Zach Wilson is just getting so much hate and why people don't think he's going to succeed because his his counterparts that he had last season were not that great. So this season, you look at the Jets and what they've done this offseason, they pretty much have said, hey, Zach, you got a better team. You got a better supporting cast. We're going to give you the keys to the Lamborghini. Don't wreck out. And I don't think that the Jets need Zach Wilson to have an MVP caliber season. I'm so tired of people saying, oh, JT, Zach Wilson needs to go off this year. He needs 30-plus touchdowns and blah, blah, blah. He doesn't need that. You got to remember that Michael Fleur is somebody who puts a lot of emphasis on running the football. This is not a offense that is going to be predicated on Zach Wilson 95% of the time. He's not going to have to have to carry this team. 
He is somebody who's probably going to be throwing the football around 25 times a game. The Jets want to run the football down your throat, and they want to dominate you up front. And then when they get the run game going, when you get tired out trying to tackle Michael Carter and Brees Hall, then they're going to beat you over the top via play action, which is where Zach Wilson is at his best when he's rolling out outside the pocket is where he makes some of his best plays. You go back and you watch his BYU tape. Where was Zach Wilson playing the best football at? Outside the pocket. Where was Zach Wilson at his best last season? Outside of the pocket. So when you get the play action game going, Zach Wilson, bootlegs, outside the pocket, throwing darts and dimes, 40, 50 yards downfield to Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson. You have the big playability of Garrett Wilson also. He was tabbed as either the most explosive wide receiver or the second most explosive wide receiver depending on who you ask because you also have Jamison Williams in that same conversation so with the explosiveness of the wide receiving core and the improvement of the offensive line I think that Zach Wilson is going to have a really good second year I think he's probably going to throw 24 touchdowns have 11 interceptions and he's going to complete 62 percent of his passes that's my stat line prediction for Zach Wilson I don't think that Zach Wilson is going to have this crazy off the wall season where he has a Patrick Mahomes like second season I think too many people have Patrick Mahomes and what he did year two with Kansas City and they just hold everybody up to those expectations you gotta understand that everybody's system is differently I don't think that Zach Wilson is going to have the kind of passing volume that Patrick Mahomes had his second year when he went off and won MVP with the Chiefs I think that the Jets are still going to be a team that's going to be predicated on running the football. And there's nothing wrong with that. Why does everybody think that your offense just has to really just run through your quarterback? Your offense can run through the run game. It can run through a bunch of different ways. I'm just so tired of people with this drawn out narrative that Zach Wilson just has to have this superstar like season, even though that's what you drive him to be. But I just think that the expectations kind of don't really make a lot of sense considering the structure of the kind of offense that the Jets are looking to run with offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur. But you guys let me know what are your expectations for Zach Wilson in year two. I think he's going to take a big step in the right direction. And if he can give you 24 touchdowns and only 11 interceptions, that is a major improvement. Because this is somebody who threw more interceptions than TDs last season. Improvement is improvement, no matter how small or how large. I'm excited about Zach Wilson. I'm a big believer in Zach Wilson. I'm so tired of people coming down on him with all this criticism and not holding other players such as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields to the same standard. Why is it that nobody believes in Zach Wilson, but we still have so much faith in Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence? Does really make a lot of sense to me. It seems like people are just hating on Zach Wilson just to hate, but I'm rooting for him. I hope he proves everybody wrong this year. You guys let me know how good you guys think Zach Wilson's going to be with New York this upcoming season in 2022. And I appreciate you for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Remember, every video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. I will see you guys with another episode shortly.